as promised, I'm introducing you to two crazy cats, man. My goodness gracious me. Just meeting them, I could feel my heart palpitating because they're doing an adventure that is so far out of my comfort zone that when I watched the trailer, I could feel myself thinking, I'm feeling like really stirred watching this. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to uh, Luke and Jordan, two cousins who traveled across 10 African countries and covered 10,000 kilometers in 110 days to fulfill a childhood dream to search for, wait for it, the world's largest dinosaur in Congo. I'm telling you, this is absolutely true. I want to play you a couple of seconds from the trailer. We've just arrived in uh, Motoko, one of the villages in the further south of the Rikuala River. We're just thinking it's been about just over, we've just clocked over the three months now on this mission. And me and Luke were just saying for so long, you know, for as long as you can remember, we've had this sort of need just to keep on going and trying to discover new things. And I was just saying for me, I think it kind of started when I was about five years old and I got my first bicycle. And, you know, just the feeling of that, when you're used to just running around on your two little feet and you can only go so far, and then someone gives you this bicycle and then suddenly your boundaries just get further and, you know, you can explore new things. Good afternoon to you guys. Jane, thanks so much for having us. Welcome to East Coast Radio. Oh my gosh. Okay, so where was that moment where you thought, we're doing this? We were six. (laughs) No, we actually watched this documentary when we were six, or about six and seven. George is a year older than me. Yeah. And we kind of were like, I can't believe there's potentially still dinosaurs out there. (laughs) And so ever since then, we kind of wanted to go search for this Michaela Mbembe. Unbelievable. Now, let's start by saying that hitchhiking has a bad rep. Yeah? Yeah, it does. Especially in South Africa, I think. Like, that was probably where we found it the hardest to hitchhike. Really? And then I think once you kind of cross the border, then you just become like a bit of a spectacle and people just start picking you up because they want to find out, like, what the hell are you doing on the road? (laughs) Is it an intuition thing? Is it like arriving at a car and thinking, hmm? I don't know about this one or no we take whatever we could get yeah. really <laughs> yeah. you're a mother's worst nightmare <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is a question I want to ask you what do your mums think what do your family think about you guys hitchhiking all over the show uh, moms are a bit crazy too, yeah, yeah our moms are twins actually yeah and they're both artists and they grew up like a little bit like hippie flower children. They're yeah. from that hippie generation you know so they yeah they're not at all perturbed by our really our I need behavior. to have tea with them yeah, I think my, my mom actually she was in love with my dad <laughs> and my dad wasn't answering her letters and she hitchhiked all the way from Durban to Zimbabwe so it's dur- in your DNA really during the war as well <laughs> wow yeah. an attitude of two white young guys traveling through Africa I mean and you said a spectacle but did you ever feel unsafe uh, I wouldn't say unsafe because people are so friendly but uh, unfortunately like a lot of sort of Westerners that, and that are going into the Congo and stuff are there to do like diamond smuggling. or There's a lot of mercenaries. Yeah, a lot of mercenaries. So we were kind of treated with that, like officials were very wary of us and stuff like that. But kind of the moment, you know, you just sit and basically talk with some guys, I think mm-hmm. it took about half an hour and then people were like, okay, chilled, you know, these oaks aren't here too. And you went with seven grandolas spending cash. Yeah, not much, eh? Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, about, about seven. 7 thousand, yeah. How does that stretch? I mean, does it stretch? Uh, you can make it stretch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of uh, yeah, just literally live, trying to live off sort of 
yeah. sort of 10 rand 15 rand on food a day because you're paying that's for your transport as well and everything so it's like if you think of the biggest expense is probably accommodation and transport so if you can cut out those two things then you're just paying yeah. for, for food and yeah how crazy is it integrating back into society i mean you're talking about like living of 10 runs a day that's very far removed from where you know yeah um, i must yeah. say coming home is the weirdest part of it all leaving it takes you about like sort of a week to get into it we like okay because you're living just off everything in your backpack you know and then when you come home like everything feels so much because you've been living off like just your backpack it's yeah it is very strange return. even your clothes like you you've been used to wearing like three t-shirts and you suddenly come home and you got like 10 and you're like what the hell do i do with all these <laughs> so i mean living between sparse and like lavish how do you find the middle ground? Well, I mean, is it weird living in two different places? Yeah. Yeah, it I mean, is a bit strange. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, I think that's one of the nicest parts about doing those trips is just that coming home part and suddenly like, I think yeah, it, so it just makes you so everything. grateful for every single little thing you have, you know? But you also realize yeah. like how much nonsense we live with, you know? Yeah. And you realize like, oh man, we don't need half this stuff. It's just there because it's there sort of a thing. And the experience when the truck overrolled, that couldn't have been pleasant. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, roads are very hectic in the Congo because they've all been destroyed by war. So, I mean, the type of thing like getting from Derbs to Peter Maritzburg, yeah, will take you, what, like a couple hours. That journey in the Congo will literally take you maybe three days. Like sometimes it's quicker to, <laughs> to walk, actually. So, I mean, the roads are hair-raising from, yeah, from start to finish kind of thing. And you spoke about living in the same kind of clothes. I mean sleeping and bathing normal kind of everyday things i mean has that become quite a, a tricky situation uh we still bath wherever we can like i mean sometimes it's a puddle on the road or something you have the odd but, stretching four days yeah. where you don't find water but yeah yeah do you guys have girlfriends and uh, no, no don't. <laughs> you guys should have girlfriends you are so like look at these guys you're in a whole studio of women everyone's just like oh my god how are these adventure men <laughs> <laughs> Bathing in puddles and what and what? Oh my gosh. Favorite thing from the experience? I mean, I'm, oh, come on, that's a ridiculous question. There mm. must be so many beautiful moments that happen every day, but a standout moment for, from each of you, I'd love to hear. I think for me, as this one, um, okay, it doesn't sound like something that's very appealing, but we, we got on this barge and it was meant to be like a two day barge and then it got stuck on the sandbank. And before we knew it, we were on this bank for like, which was like 10 days, eh? Yeah, 10 days. Mm -mm. And we didn't have any food or water. <gasps> yeah, and it's a weird standout moment. But I think it was just like the, it was, it was a moment where like you had to completely shift from the way you live at home mm. and just like, you know, just you, you adapt so quickly and people are so friendly and people are bringing you food. And I think also just being in that time, that strandedness, you just, it's so much time to connect with the local people. And, wow. yeah, and being the bottom of the food chain as well. I mean, being pretty like vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, for you, Luke? I think also definitely people. Uh, it was funny. Uh, I think on Lake Tanganyika in Tanzania, we stayed with this rasta. And it was the three of us just like cramped up in this tiny little room. And yeah, I mean, just his generosity was insane. And just sharing meals. And like, to be honest, a lot of the stuff almost off camera is what you enjoy. You know, like when it's just a bit more organic and yeah, it is an amazing experience, all of that. So. Gosh, I love you guys. Okay, so Hitched, it's on a television screen. Tell us everything. <clears throat> it is. So Discovery Channel on DSTV, Channel 121, every Tuesdays, 8 p.m. And then there's reruns on Saturday at 6 and Sunday, 8 p.m. again.
Fantastic. Two mm. Durban cousins traveling across 10 African countries, covering over 10,000 kilometers in 110 days to search for the world's largest dinosaur in Congo. You got me hooked. <laughs> thank so much you. love to you both. Good. And may all your voyages be happy ones. And thanks for joining us today. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Jane Lindley Thomas, East Coast Radio.